and welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Baker, a financial advisor, money mindset coach, and all-out money guru when it comes to creating the financial future you are after. This is the podcast where we make talking money normal and manifesting into our lives practical. I share with you money mindset tips and tricks as well as practical financial strategies to help you create the financial life and relationship with money that you deserve. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And we are back on the Sensibility Podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited because I have a beautiful dear friend and colleague and I guess sister in in the finance world, uh, Dawn Thomas, who is a mover and shaker, who's the national chair of Inspire. If you know uh, anything about us, we uh, I'll link in and talk about Inspire a lot. Um, but Dawn's also a fellow financial advisor and um, she's sort of gone through, experienced my course with the Money Mindset Coaching. And her and I often have amazing conversations. So I thought I would do a four-part series with Dawn and basically bring this to the Money Conversations table. Um, so welcome on board, Dawn. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for asking me, Amy. I could never say no to you because I think anything, any, any time spent with you um, is always a return tenfold, I find. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just start this conversation with how did you get into financial advice? Yeah, you know, I think a lo- like a lot of advisors in my time, we, we might have felt fallen into financial advice accidentally. Um, you know, it was the practicalities of being an immigrant and uh, doing an arts degree uh, and not being able to find work in an appropriate graduate program that forced me to look at uh, banking, um, which we have a bit of an overlap with that, <laughs> being former art students. Um, and then through banking, yeah, I just found that I could see the impact or the potential impact, right, of of how communication could help someone actually better understand their position. So I realized I love, I love empowerment and I could see as financial advisors, we get to know someone's story, um, but as financial advisors, we've got to help them change their story. So, you know, once I got that, I'm hooked and here I still am, Amy. Yeah. Well, you're quite a leader in the industry, um, as, you know, in, especially in the space for females in finance. Um, I know both of us, you know, similar vintage, mm. both of us mm-hmm. come from the arts background, both of us accidentally yes. fell into this profession, but we both fell head over heels in love with this profession because yes, don't become, you know, get into the roles that you're in, um, where you're quite the leader and, and have a big voice with helping women come into this profession, um, by accident, you do this because it's absolutely a passion. And I think. What we both see is how people's lives can change with quality advice. Yeah, I, I mean, no, it's the thing is that there's that twofold bit that you are so supportive of all the women around you. You said you've benefited from women lifting you up, and that's a similar story uh, for me as well. And and now we get to be in part of it, inspire together, um, just continuing that journey of what's been bestowed upon us from other help that has come through, um, and then just seeing the impact that meaningful financial advice can have on people if you create a safe space. Um, and both of us, um, I think mm. before coming to your cause, Amy, I, I knew I believed in the universe stuff and feelings, 
I knew I believed in all those things, but going through your money mindset coaching course, it, it made a lot of sense. Like, I think I was already kind of aligned and believing that, but I think to understand the power of unlocking how, you know, how someone's experience in the past um, is stopping them, you know, just takes financial advice to a new level, you know, because it's not just numbers. We're really talking about somebody's experience and somebody's story, and we're talking about changing the narrative. We have to understand how the story started. Mm-hmm. That's actually been the theme, I think, since the beginning of March for me, as we started, you know, pl- coming into International Women's Day and looking at, there was a white paper that came out recently from NetWealth and looking not only from that white paper, but also from the Financy Index. And there's some really you know, scary statistics around the situation women are, faced, are facing, um, you know, one of those statistics is 53% of women worry daily about money. Uh, so mm. that's not financial well-being, stress. And then, you know, there's another statistic um, around the fact that we're still earning 22.8% less than men, that the yes. gender wealth gap actually hasn't closed or isn't closing anytime soon, that there's mm. still a good 40% difference there. And it's just these kind of numbers that go, well, what's wrong? And when I spoke at my luncheon last week, that was the key thing is you can't expect change by just looking at these numbers and going, we've got a problem. The only way we're going to change is having awareness of how we got here. And so it's not just about ourselves individually, it's us culturally. We've got to see that we've got these cultural biases, there's gender biases, there's all of these issues that are creating these big problems. And then we've got to look within and go, okay, well, what's my part to play in that? For me personally, how am I going to change my own trajectory of financial well-being? And what do I need to do differently? Because what I've been doing, you know, it, we're being stuck on this wheel that's not going to stop until we get off it and go, that wheel's not moving. So what mm. are we going to do to move it? And then we've got to look at how we're doing, what we're doing that isn't changing in our homes and our communities and in our workplaces. And I think we all have that responsibility. And that is the mindset piece. It is actually where we came from, not how we're going to get there. But we've got to look back before we can look forward. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's that is key because there. you know it's it's because you know we all react a certain way, and you know talking to Tim Henry, um, you know on my podcast, he he was just saying that sometimes you know people they don't want to be labeled as sexist or racist, you know, or homophobic if they're not willing to be part of the conversation, and they've they've kind of grown up in a system that has shaped their views. You know, you're talking about mindset. Mindset applies to every single thing that we do, not just money, it's relationships. It's how we treat mm-hmm. our co-workers. It's how we hire, you know. And um, I think what we want to do in terms of, of, of that, even with Inspire, with the women that we know, with the advocates we know, is really challenge that. You know, challenge what you know, because you may not, what you know may not be what you actually realize you know. Um, and, and that was one mm-hmm. of the challenging things about being part of the money mindset uh, course with you was that you're holding up a mirror to your own experiences. Um, and even as financial advisors going through it, that was pretty challenging. It was a tough one to go through. So I can only imagine how clients feel when they've got to look at their own mirror of a story and what that actually means. 
It is quite profound. I have had the privilege of actually not just going coaching people, but also interviewing them through like post theory, especially with the course that I'm taking to the public, which is financial literacy and mindset coaching. And the students that I'm working with, the feedback I'm getting is that, yeah, it, it can be really overwhelming, emotional. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite cathartic. But on the other side of that, there's so much more hope and it's life-changing because the moment you actually have that awareness, that's where you draw the line and go, okay, we can make change. Mm. And it's, it's very empowering when you feel that it's possible to make change. And some of those changes can be really small, but those small changes, as you know, like regular contributions can be massive impact 10 years down the track. And that's, that's really where we want to start. You've just got to start small and go from there. So whatever you're learning when it comes to, you know, just either your own self-confidence around how you're making decisions with money or whether it's, I am now taking more control and I'm investing into my financial future, what, whatever it oh. might be, it could be just as simple as I'm going to stick to a budget. It doesn't matter. Yes. The point is you've got an awareness now and you know when you're going to self-sabotage because you start falling back into a pattern and you catch yourself. You'll, yes. you'll, or you can find yourself feeling really overwhelmed and anxious and you can go, oh, that's just my brain keeping me safe, playing tricks mm. on me. I'm okay. I get paid in two weeks or I get paid next you know, tomorrow. You know, I'm okay. The bills are paid. Everything's fine. Yes. The world isn't falling apart. Stop stressing about money. You know, it's just catching yourself because we're being programmed to do certain things. Yes. You know, one thing that you told me um, that I've brought into meetings recently um, is helping people let go of the shame uh, because there's some clients that have come in and they are divorced or have lost a partner. Um, and these two clients actually are the first two clients that made me actually tear in a meeting because usually, okay, it's quite common for clients to, to cry. But for me, it got me because I think it resonated with my own story was the shame and the guilt. And um, one of them, for example, she was like, um, Dawn, I'm really not trying to spend much. I'm really trying. And you could see like the anxiety in her eyes and she was, she was crying. Um, and the other client said, um, you know, her husband, um, she promised her husband before he passed away that she would manage the money well. And both of these women, if I look at it on paper, they're fine. They're fine financially. There is nothing concerning about what they're doing. But every time they look at the transaction screen, in their bank account, they're beating themselves up. Like they're not giving themselves any credit for anything good that they've done. And I tried to take on that piece that you talked about was being grateful for each of the purchases, each line that is there and not look at it as something you should beat yourself up. And I was just surprised at how it moved me emotionally because I think I beat myself up <laughs> similarly. And I'm trying to practice what you're telling me in terms of me as a person, but me kind of communicating that message to my clients and and honestly the hugs that we had from that mm -hmm. session <laughs> were very deep um because i'm hoping they can go home and just not be hard on themselves there's two things you've just said that um resonate deeply there with me and in fact what we do as advisors and what i was speaking to the audience today at net wealth about is that no i spoke actually afterwards but it was around the conversation is that you were listening, you, you're actually there seeing 
their pain, the fact that they were in a space of shame, anxiety, and fear around their money versus just looking at the numbers and going, you're going to be okay. You recognize where they were at, and then you gave them a solution to get out of that. And that's so important because the fact is money is a tool. And as I stated last week with, with, um, Kate McCallum is that book she wrote, I love the title, Joy of Money. It yeah. actually enjoy it. that can bring you joy and, and, and enjoy it. Financial freedom is simply choice, security, and having the, you know, having the world at your fingertips, basically knowing that you can make good decisions and enjoy your life. Now, mm. if you're sitting there spending money and then not enjoying it and feeling crap about it, that's not financial security or freedom whatsoever. You're you're being a prisoner to your own mind. When yes. you look at your life and go, okay, I've got the opportunity to enjoy a meal, have a nice time with friends, have a holiday. That's what money's there for. It's, it, mm. it is actually something that we should be using to not only secure ourselves financially in the future, that's got a, a purpose too. I'm not saying go and spend everything you earn. Saying yes. enjoy as you live, as well as look at, at being strategic. So you know, as you said, on paper, no doubt they've probably got their investments in place. They've got a financial, like their financial future is sort of rolling out before them. They've probably got a passive income happening, depending on where they are at life, in life, or mm -hmm. they will have. And along the way, they've also got to leave. And I think yes. it's about enjoying the journey because, you know, a lot of people come to us, and this is one of the questions I want to ask you, you know, they, when they find out you're a financial advisor, people go, I need to see you. And I always laugh at that because most people go, I've got to see you. And then you don't hear from them for a good 12 to 18 months until some trigger event happens. Mm, and yes. they always say, everybody says that I'll see you in a couple of years. And I make it a joke. But other times people will go and you, especially if you're at an event where they've had a few drinks and they're feeling a bit more confident and they start asking questions and they, you know, or they think, are you going to tell me I can't spend money? Mm. And there's a stigma that us advisors are going to go, I'm going to put you on a really strict budget and you won't be able to live your life and there's a lot, but you're going to be really wealthy. It's like there's, there's such a misunderstanding on what we really do and what we bring to the table. Yeah. How do I you find that? Do you get those kinds? Of... Uh, yeah, I do get scared of that um, because I think there's a misunderstanding firstly of what we do um, because there's some people who really want to see you, but they really want to see you to show you how well they're doing with their finances. I think, I think, look, I'm probably not the advisor for you in that one because I can see that you're actually doing a lot of good things yourself. Um, I find that where I find it most rewarding is that um, being able to give people the confidence and joy with their money relationship is where, is why I do this. Um, it's that confidence piece, uh, especially with women coming through not having that confidence, not giving themselves credit, not thinking they're smart enough, um, you know, all those things that you don't want, you don't want people to think about themselves because you know it's not true. Um, so when you kind of have that conversation and someone says that, I'm just like, are you ready for that journey that we want to take together? I think that's in my mind. I'm like, you may not have an understanding of where we're going to go to, but I'm not just here to put a spreadsheet in your face. Um, if you want to really work with me as as an advisor, it's going to be a pretty honest, open, brutal relationship in a way. 
um, I need you to show me mm. what's causing you the pain, um, what you're afraid of. You know, we need to let that inner mean girl that we have in our head, our imposter, that needs that voice needs to be let out. So we need to know what we're working with. Um, so I think that's what I'm, if I get asked, I think, Amy, what they think we do and what we really do are two different things. <laughs> Absolutely. I have had um, friends say, I'm going to come to see you when I earn X amount. And I go, no, that's, that's not the way you should be thinking. You should be coming to see me now, not mm-hmm. when you're earning more money. Um, you should be earning, you should be actually going, I want to learn how to grow my worth, wealth, not just from the hustling, you know, it's, there's so many things that, um, I hear when people talk to me or want to know about what I do, but there is a lot of misconception. And as you put it, it is a journey. And that's one thing I say with clients onboarding, you know, in the discovery meeting, it's like, guys, you gotta like me because you're with me for a long time. Like we are, we're going to be besties. Yeah. We, we're going to know each other. And the other thing is. I ask questions about their lifestyle or what's really important to them, um, you know, because often they don't even want to think to talk about their desires to travel, that maybe they don't want to, you know, get any, they don't want to buy any property. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that people get surprised about when you sit down in that discovery meeting and go, what, what is it? What kind of lifestyle are you guys living now? What kind of lifestyles do you want? You know, asking some questions around their family life and, you know, again, how did you get here? Yeah. What, what scares you the most? You know, that yeah. question, what, what's worrying you the most right now about your finances? Mm, that's you know, always we, a good we, one. We follow a process um, at the Wealth Designers based on Jim Stackpole's certainty of advice process. Um, and we really delve into like the why, right? Like you've got the goals, the aspirational goals, and so often unprompted through the process, clients tell us about how they felt growing up. And usually it was like, you know, I felt this way growing up. So therefore I want my kids to have a different experience. But my concern is this, they may not know how to manage it. Right. And, and I just, I, it just puts into perspective what they're saying, having gone through your course, because yes, it's like that experience you've had of, um, of feeling you've not had enough. Like your parents have tried the best, but you've had to scrape it through. And then now you want something different for your kids. Um, you want them to have choice. You want them to have freedom. But you are concerned that they may not know how to value. So I just wonder, what would the kids be saying about their parents when they go in for, to their appointment down the track? Oh, you know, mom and dad just gave us too much. <laughs> is, is that a thing, Amy? Well, we're going to start seeing this, aren't we, Dawn? Because we're, you know, they're, they're, this intergenerational wealth is starting to trickle through. I'm getting more higher net wealth clients. Let me tell you, the high net wealth clients that I get in my private wealth part of my business are not complaining that their parents <laughs> have actually got all of this money that they're now receiving and got to invest with us. They're not yep. thinking their childhood was crap and that they're <laughs> being deprived. They may have gone, okay, you know, I've had actually a conversation, funny you said this, I had a conversation with one of my, you know, private wealth clients and she was saying, you know, mum and dad, they, they were very fair with all of us and they, they didn't give us everything, but they made sure that we were okay. And I was like, that's, so they, you know, they had, they had boundaries, but in the back of their mind, the kids knew they were okay. 
Mm. And they knew that they were being loved. And mm. there was a point where they knew, like, as you get older and you become more aware and you see that your parents are creating an incredibly successful yeah. business, then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, I'm not the norm, I'm not the typical kid in the street, typical kid at school. Yes. And at one point in time, I will be inheriting this kind of money. I better get my head around how to manage it. And that's, mm. that's actually something that interests me in the conversation is that there was all of a sudden an awareness of money is something that needs to be taught. Like we've got, I've got to learn how to manage this. And this particular client I'm speaking of, she had created her own her portfolios and she'd done it quite well. There's a point where you go, oh, I, I know that I need more guidance and, you know, experience, sorry, an expert to come in and kind of build something better so that, um, I don't have to worry about it basically. Mm -hmm. And that I am more diverse because, you know, a share portfolio isn't diverse. And it can get quite, especially with an FMSF and it can get quite, um, you know, laboursome. So that's, that's something I found interesting in that conversation. My takeaway was that coming from that affluent, that household mm -hmm. of knowing that money is coming of a mindset of, I need to know how to invest and you know how to manage this. And, mm. and kudos to her. I was like, touching that investment, we're going to build something around it for you. And, and I think that's something that we, you know, we all do differently in advice, but it's again, listening and taking on board what's important to that person. So they've come in and they've already got something they've created themselves. I'm not going to yes. mess with that. I'm going to monitor it. I'm going to look, make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do, but you created that. I'll just build something around that and diversify for you. Yes. No, definitely. I think it's, um, so I did go the point was that I'm, there's no kid, I'm not, but so far I'm not seeing anyone complain that their parents have done well for them. <laughs> no, I think I, I, it'll be interesting how this evolves, but I'm also really surprised that people are aware of having that abundance mindset. Like that ha happened with a number of clients that have come in yeah. where they're talking about not just their kids' financial management of money, they're talking about their kids' healthy relationship with money where whether or not they have money that they are in the abundance mindset so i'm blown away that that people are being more aware of this as well uh, and they're coming into it which is you know that really helps helps us help them achieve what they want absolutely that abundant mindset um can really open up so many more opportunities because you're not making decisions in fear and that's important. Like one of the things that I teach around fear is when we're in fear, we're in, uh, you know, what happens to our bodies and cortisol's actually yeah. pumping through our system. We're getting felt like, you know, sugar's actually pumping through our bodies. We're actually, our muscles tense in our legs and our arms and our brains completely changed. We're not thinking logically. Um, mm. it goes into a freeze or flight or flight mode. So we're actually ready to jump because of is about to pounce on us. And a lot of people get into a fear state when they're in that scarcity mindset and that doesn't help make financial decisions. So when you're seeing money uh, as something that is coming to you, is flowing to you in more abundant mindset and space, you are going to be making far better decisions and it's become, it becomes joyful. It becomes mm -hmm. easy. And you can see that money doesn't stop flowing. I mean, that's, that's something that fascinated me 
early in the piece to getting into mindset coaching was like, I want more of that. I don't want to be stuck in this, you know, this uh, sort of, I was scarcity abundant. Mm. I was in this sort of feast and famine holding pattern yes. for most of my life. And I was, it gets exhausting. Yeah. And I wanted and to stop it. I wanted to get off the train. <laughs> and it, your story as well, you know, I was very grateful that you shared it so openly because we did touch on that point. Even during the course that as financial advisors, we feel like we have to be absolutely perfect. We feel like we have to attain a certain amount of wealth uh, to be able to assist our clients. You know, when you have that imposter syndrome creeping in, um, you know, you feel like you've got, you've got to have that massive amount of wealth to be defined as a good advisor. Um, but also the blocks that you have, it was quite interesting that I had built my own blocks around having a negative connotation to um, the word rich because of my experience in Singapore. And I had told myself that being rich conflicted maybe with happiness and being down to earth. So I'd rather be happy and down to earth than rich, which I didn't realize was a block till you 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 said that. Like I was wow. fine with the word wealth. So I think what I've been working on is like, look, I deserve wealth. I deserve the flow of wealth. I'm not ready to confront the term rich yet, <laughs> but that's all right. It, it helps me get to that space of what I deserve. You know, it's fascinating. Language is so powerful. So, you know, we touched on someone talking about shame before with money. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with a client just yesterday about that. And um, one of one of the tools that I use is, you know, we're catching ourselves with language, how yep. our self-talk is. But what I want to challenge you is, because I know you love cooking, and entertaining. I want you to. I want you to thread the word rich into food. Mm. Is where your joy is with food, because then it's got a different meaning, and it would become yep. easier to use that word in other areas of your life, because it's you know it's it has a different meaning. You know, rich wealth. Wealth, I feel, is far more open and abundant. But you've got this thing about rich being rich. Okay, well, yeah, your food is rich and delicious. Yes, you know. It is. Life can be rich and delicious. And yes, I want more of that, you know, so changing, changing a little bit. And it sounds, to those who have, have no idea what we're talking about here, mm. just trust me, catch yourself with the language and yep. how you sort of self-talk because you yes. might find yourself going into a negative spin and we, we really want to just, because our brain is, you know, operating 95% in a subconscious state. So mm. that's our programming. We want to change that to when we become aware of our language and especially like as Dawn just demonstrated, the term rich still is a bit of an issue. So, okay, yep. create in other areas that aren't relatable to money, be comfortable with it. And then you can start running into maybe reprogramming some of your thoughts around that word when it comes to money. Yes. I mean, I still probably have a bit of work to do around that because I honestly, if I say the word rich, I feel a physical reaction in my body that's negative. And I actually envision all the people that I have, I associate the term with, you know, like that's immediately where my body goes to. Like I have a feeling internally and then I can visualize people that I don't have a lot of positive feelings for with that. So I probably have to reprogram because it's funny that, yeah, when I say wealthy, I know wealthy people and then I almost like have a halo on top of their head. That's what I visualize with people that I have positive experiences with our brain is so weird <laughs> so weird 
Because one of the things we talk about is looking for the evidence. We feel something that's negative, like, you know, for example, yeah. the fear of, of running out of money. And I go, I often say, when does that actually happen to you? Look for the evidence. When did you ever run out of money? Where, yeah. I mean, especially people on salaries, and I know they're on salary, so it's really logical yeah. for me to go, have a look at your bank statement and every fortnight money comes in. Yes. Has it really happened that you're actually going to be in that trigger? I mean, of course, you've got a plan. Mm. You've got to make sure you've got your financial safety emergency unit. You know, you've got all of these things in place. But some of the stuff that goes on, the lies that we've told yep. ourselves, you know, it's ridiculous. We go to go, well, yes. hang on, money's not going to run out. Let's look at the financial markets and the trillions and trillions of dollars that is floating yes. around in the financial markets. Money there, every, money's everywhere, you know. So it's, you can pretty much, I've, I see it, sadly, I see people, um, you know, in desperate situations as well, begging. And I go, well, they're, they're, they're making money even, you know. Oh. They're sitting out there making money. The guy who's coming to clean my window screen, the, the, the traffic lights is making money. Um, you know, it, it's everywhere. It keeps happening. It's a flow of life. It's energetic. Like us just sitting here having a conversation. You know, we've got to really start taking the stigma about money out of the equation. And, and unfortunately, women have more of a stigma from my mm. experience um, in terms of not believing that they're good enough to manage the money or invest properly or they're, they're, not, they're not going to be stuck up. Like you said about those two clients you've yeah. just seen, you know, that space they've been in feeling shame, which is so sad. Well, shame as in, you know, you go out for lunch with your dad who's not well. It broke my heart to see how much shame she associated with because she's like, I shouldn't be going out. I know I shouldn't be going out for lunch, but, you know, I want to. I want to be able to. But even though, like, part of her mind is telling her she deserves that, there's something else that's overriding it with that shame. And I'm just like, in the scheme of things, that's not irresponsible spending, you know? Like, yeah, I just honestly <laughs> broke my heart. when Just to see how that shame and guilt and that disappointment in herself was just traveling through her body. Um, me even thinking about it now, it just gets me a bit emotional. Um, but you just don't want people to feel that way. No. And, and that's the beautiful thing about what you're doing, Dawn, is that you're helping people shift from that perspective to a, a newer view. Um, I actually had the very same conversation yesterday with a client, a review meeting, who's just going, yeah. you know, She's been going through this divorce for some time and her ex-husband's very controlling, it was controlling with finances. So that shame and that stigma has been carried from the previous relationship. And yeah. so she decided this year that she was going to have a year for her and not like really completely cut him out of her life. Although she's financially struggling, well, you know, she's, living in an apartment paying rent, he lives in their house. Um, he earns six mm. figures, she's earning way less, you know. All of these things that are going on in her world, she decided that she was going to eat into the joint savings, like spend some of the joint savings every now and then go away on a weekend and she'd get really yeah. angry with herself and guilty and then, um, you know, then try and justify it. But yeah. She said, this last year I have been so happy so she's so conflicted because she's so happy, but then she yep. feels so much shame about the money. And I said, enough of the shame business. Yes. I said, at the end of the day, that was savings that you'd had together years ago and you've got to, you know, you can actually spend it. You're not saying, you're not contributing to any savings anymore. Yeah. Because you can't with your situation. 
Yeah. And I said, that's all got to be, that's going to be sorted out with courts. Fact is, also, she'd gone, her income had increased in the last few years by $27,000. Like wow. That, well, she was on, like in her, like in the 50s range and she's yeah. now in the 80s range. Yes. You know, she's an artist and she's done so well. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell are you beating yourself up for? Like, let's look at the picture here. I said, your income's increased more than most people's do. We pay rises. Like, come on. Yes. The fact is where you're at, you've had the wage. You've had these experiences. You've had lovely wines with your girlfriend. You've not mm. had anyone to answer for, make you feel guilty. But you're doing that yourself. So you've got to start thinking about things a little differently. And one of those exact things I said was look at the statement. Yes. Being a creative. That imag- I want you to visualize that moment of you on that, you know, on that weekend away with your girlfriends and go back in time yeah. through the fun that you had. And then that. And then go back and be grateful that you had that money to do wow. that. Because that's incredibly empowering when you stop and go, oh, how amazing was that weekend? And that weekend wouldn't have existed if I didn't spend that money. And that was connection. And that was laughter. And that was beautiful food. That was experiencing nature. It was all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually almost invaluable. The only way it would have happened by spending that little bit of extra money to have that weekend away. And I think that's what we've got to look at and go, it's for living as well as for future. It's for all sorts of things. We've got to be careful. We've got to direct our money to where it needs to go. And we've got to enjoy each decision we make. Yes. As we do it. Yes. And Amy, I think it's worth mentioning that, that some people who don't struggle with that and they look really confident and sometimes both members of the couple are okay they don't they don't have this baggage but then one member could be just not participating because they really they don't feel like they deserve the knowledge or they don't think they can have the knowledge um and yeah it's just it's a whole mixed bag of of whoever you're going to get when you come in with clients you know and i i saw someone and i told him just this week, um, I said, oh my gosh, you've just said the most romantic thing. <laughs> because I asked him, I said, what value are you getting out of financial advice? You really seem to know where you're going. Um, everything I'm asking you about, your financial literacy level is so high. You've got an abundance mindset. So why why are you here? And he said, I'm here for my wife. Because I just want you guys to know everything that I'm doing. Because if I suddenly kick the bucket, you know, she doesn't have to worry that we don't know what's going on. And I just went, oh my gosh, that, that is like the best thing. Like, you know, that someone can say that I'm rocking up to this. She gets to participate as much as she wants, but ultimately he knows that he doesn't need it, but she does. Amy, like I wish more people had that mindset around their partners and, and mm-hmm. making sure that they are all right if your partners don't have the same level of confidence or understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple like that a couple of years ago that just reminds me. And they yeah. only needed just a little bit of help, right? Um, but having, and that was one of the questions. It's like, again, yeah. what mo- it was a me in to the first interview. It wasn't the first meeting. It was just in a phone call to book the first, like, you know, I guess to qualify the first yeah. appointments. And it was actually that question is like, what what motivated you to contact me? Yes. And it was because I want my wife 
very, had more confidence around her finances. Yes. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, because I think it is, it is collaboration. I think, well, I know with my part, my husband and I, we work together as well. So that's not always easy, but we, mm. we are very open and talk a lot about our financial planning and money and the way we kind of got it split in ways like because of the way I'm structured with my business, I'm, I'm in charge of all bills really, because a lot can go through the company and whatnot. Yes. Um, and so he said his job is the discretionary. So he's, he's all about this. So sometimes mm -hmm. like I go to pay something because I'm just used to doing that. And he goes, yeah, no, this is my department, you know, and he's such a sweetheart and says, no, no, no. <laughs> and he's now like every now and then because that's his role. He's like buys me little things that I'll be looking Aww. at something online and he'll go and buy it. Like in yeah. terms of couples, I love to hear that there's this communication because I think that's important. I think it's very healthy. And I do encourage my clients and, you know, my students, if they're coupled, to have money mindful in the States. And I know I'm not the only one who's mm -hmm. about it. I think it was, there's been a few other podcasters that talk about that kind of thing. It's really important to actually be very open about the planning because you're sharing your life, but also to make decisions that are big and small and just feel like you're both involved. Because, and you have your own money, but also have that shared money because you're sharing your life. Oh, yes. I think it's, it's just so that awareness as a couple will, I think, set you along really well. Um, and I just, I just like seeing that little bit of, uh, that surprise when you come in, when you ask a question, right? <laughs> because as advisors, we need to understand where value is. Um, and then you just get caught by surprise. Sometimes it's someone has said an answer that you kind of go, that's an awesome answer. <laughs> I'm so proud to be your financial advisor <laughs> from that answer. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, I hope I can not say that. I mean, I've got, some, I've got some brilliant couples, but it's just like those ones that don't surprise you that just come in and tell you something that just, you know, oh, wow. And, you know, also the one thing I love, the most satisfying part of my job is review meetings. Mm. And they've come to the table with, just picking things out of the water. You just go, what? Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. Because I don't have access to the, for all their bank accounts in terms of what they put on their offset account or, yep. you know, how much they paid off their mortgage and things. I can only see the things that I like, like, you know, their super and their investments. So all the other bits that are part of their big plan that I say go and do, you know, in conversation around cash flow modeling. Yes. That's up to them. Like that's these suggestions. You go and do that. When they come back and go here and show me, it's like, I feel like the biggest, proudest mama. I was like, oh God, look what you've done. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I get that. You know, there was. And once, go on. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I had this client that I've known for years, right? And I guess when I first got to know her, um, yeah, maybe our relationship was quite transactional because I had come from the banking side and and I don't think she trusted banks entirely. But we've known each other for many years now and I honestly feel like she's this inspirational person. And then meeting her partner, I just went, oh, they're both just amazing people like you want to work with. Um, and you know how we work with specialists as well, but when I heard all her aspirations and dreams, I'm like, these are big aspirations, but... She didn't look like she was tracking towards that. Like, like there's so much weighing her down. Um, and honestly, like Amy, I think once we covered all those goals and then we got her in front of the right accountant, 
suddenly, like I saw her um, three months after we started and everything had changed. Like things that were hypothetical goals, she had just gone, she was now chasing them with all the fire in the world. Like we're talking entity restructures and then, you know, looking at new businesses that she's buying, getting a partner in. All of this changed in a matter of months um, because sometimes as well, even with the specialists you bring aboard, you need to have the right person for the journey um, to help you dream and go faster. Mm-hmm. And I, again, that was, I was just so grateful to be there going, look, it's changed so much. Like we were laughing at how much was changed. I just told her, you know what? I can't even do projections for you at the moment at the, at the rate that you're going. Can you settle down? Give me six months so your aspirations, your big aspirations can settle down a bit for me to know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just love seeing those kind of things. Yeah, we are very fortunate, huh? I just sometimes I was speaking to um a young lady you introduced me to today, Dawn, Ashley. Yeah. And um hold your hats, people, we'll get her on this show. She's probably gonna be my co host in the future. Yeah. Um, and she's just about to embark her studies and then enter into a professional year next year. And, you know, that she's so lit up and excited to mm. be in a, a, a profession where she can make a difference. Yes. And the only way she knew that advice was actually about that was because she'd been following people like yourself on, actually, you know, you were probably the beginning opening her eyes to what advice was about from LinkedIn mm-hmm. and the stories that we tell. So having a moment like this to tell our story, you know, and start the yeah. many conversations. You will be talking more next week about superannuation and other yes. things that, you know, people can go away and actually feel like they're learning something. But hopefully today you've even learned that about a little bit more of um, mindset coaching and how that can, you know, really can change a lot in your own relationship with money. But just meeting Ashley today, it just makes my heart sing that what we do is so important. And sometimes it might not mean that, you know, this financial, sorry, this, like, yes, I'd say financial, but this year your investment returns in your superannuation won't crash hot, but Mm. other parts of your money story has improved. Um, yes. so that you feel like you're still on track, even though the markets are doing what they're doing, or that yes. you know that you've got your insurances in place, you know that you've got all of these things happening in the background that you're not stressing out about. And I think that's really important. And this is what we do is really important. Yes. And um, I am grateful. Like I, I met Ashley as well, and I think she's awesome. Love the energy. <laughs> that's why I think both of you would have connected well. Um, yeah, so definitely to our advice community as well, um, if you're listening, you know, just be so proud of what you do from day to day and, and keep on telling those stories because I think young people mm-hmm. really want to be a part of something that impacts people, uh, the way we do. Um, so if we can encourage anyone out there who's, um, don't hold on to, don't let your stories be a secret. <laughs> let's, let's celebrate them. Absolutely. And I think it, also, because I know that my listeners is a combination of advisors um, and people in our profession, but also clients and um, people that have referred others to this podcast, which I am grateful for. Mm. They aren't in, in the industry, but they're wanting, curious to know how to improve their relationship with money, which is what why they've listened to this podcast. They should, I'm hoping that there are stories here that you can go away and go, 
okay, I'm going to just change something around my mindset or I'm going to make mm-hmm. think about my language and my self-talk. Because there's a yes. lot in this one, that, you know, one hour or nearly hour that we've been chatting that we've, you know, that you can take home with you, which is great. And then I'm looking forward to next week because we've, we've got to do four of these. So this is the first one of four. Um, yes. where we're going to be doing some tech stuff as well, but, um, and unpacking some more of our stories, but also some outcomes and strategies, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. I've, and I have so much gratitude to know you, Amy, and to be doing this with you. And my heart is full. So I, I really thank you for what you put out there um, and being able to do this together. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you are well and safe. God bless and have a beautiful day wherever you are. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share the love, like and share all posts. Social links are in the show notes below. Please note that any information shared in this podcast is general in nature and not to be perceived as financial advice. Please seek advice from a licensed financial advisor just like me. We also want to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation as the traditional custodians of this country we record this podcast in. We recognise their continuing connection to the land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and its ecosystems since time immemorial. <laughs>